Merry Christmas, everybody. Amen. I am asked to share briefly uh, what, this, what we call a homily, which means a short, short exhortation. So don't get fr- afraid. We're not going to be before you very long. Amen. But all over the world today, people are celebrating, or will tomorrow, people will be celebrating Christmas. A huge majority of those, pe- of those people really don't know why. Don't know what they're celebrating or why they're celebrating it. For them, it's just gifts and food. But they don't know the reason, as we say, for the season. There is a reason. Uh, We're celebrating not the birthday of Jesus, because we don't know the day Jesus was born. It is unlikely that Jesus was born December 25th. But what we are celebrating is the birth of Jesus. And we chose a day, December 25th, to celebrate the birth of Jesus. We could have chosen November 10th. That's not the issue. It's not the date that we're celebrating. It's the birth. Was Jesus born? Hallelujah. Now, why? Was it necessary for the Son of God to come to this world? Jesus himself tells us, he says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those that were lost. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to do what? Seek and save the lost. What was lost? Well, if you go back to the book of Genesis that tells the story of creation, you learn that in the garden, God created man and woman, placed them in the garden, and the scripture tells us God would come in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve and God would fellowship. There was a wonderful relationship with God. And then God also, when he created Adam and Eve, he said to them, I want you to have dominion and authority over the earth. But unfortunately, Adam and Eve sinned. They did what God told them not to do because God has said you can partake of all of the fruit of the trees in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan tempted Eve and tempted Adam and they sinned. And when they sinned, a number of things were lost. The first thing lost was God's relationship with man. God came into, the scripture tells us once again, as he always had to fellowship with man. But this time, instead of man running to God, man was running away from God, hiding from God. So Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. One of the reasons Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth was to restore the lost relationship that God had with man. That was lost when Adam sinned. What else was lost? Well, God had given them dominion, authority over the earth. But when they sinned, God said to them, now The earth or the ground is cursed for your sake. 
and now by the sweat of your brow will you eat bread and, and woman giving birth is no longer going to be easy. What did they lose? The authority, the power that God had given them over creation. They lost that. And the third thing that was lost was God's presence. Remember, not only did God lose his relationship with man, man lost the right to come into the presence of God. God put him out of the garden. He lost God's presence. So when Jesus says that I have come to seek and to save the lost, keep these three things in mind. He came to restore God's relationship to man. He came to restore the authority, the power of God over creation that was given to man. And he came to restore the presence of God to us so that now we can boldly, in Christ Jesus, enter into God's presence, fellowship, and commune with God. Raise your hand and say, thank God, the Son of God came. And so when we celebrate Christmas, let us remind ourselves and let's keep thanking God and thanking Jesus for coming because he came. We now can enjoy God's presence, live in God's presence because he came. We can begin to exercise dominion and authority once again over the earth. And because he came, that relationship with God that was lost has been restored. Now the Spirit of God cries in our hearts and says, Abba, Father. Come on, say that. Abba. One more time. Here's the second question I'm going to answer for you now that I'm done. Why was it necessary in order to save that which was lost for the Son of God to become man? Why couldn't God simply have restored these relationships Restore this dominion. Restore the presence that was lost as God. Why did Jesus have to become man? Well, for me to explain it fully would take too much time. So I'm just going to give you one brief example to help you understand why the Son of God had to become a man in order to save man. You see... When Adam sinned, Adam sinned as a man. And everything Adam lost, he lost as a man, as the head of the human race, and he lost those things legally. If Jesus, or the Son of God, was going to be able to represent man in order to regain for man the things that were lost, he could only regain for man legally the things that were lost by being man himself. If he had dealt with the devil or dealt with all of the legal things that had to be dealt with, if he had done so at, as God, then everything he won by his, by, by his actions would belong to God and not man. And what he came to do was to restore to man the legal position, the legal place that had been lost. He came to restore it to man. And in order to restore it to man, he had to satisfy the demands of the law against man as man. In other words, 
He had to become one of us in order to represent us. He had to become one of us for everything he did to be credited to us. If what he did, he did as God, it would be credited to God and not us. Follow me? Maybe this example will help you. I'll use a sports example. Every four years, they have the World Cup. Um, the last World Cup was held where? Where? Brussels? Brazil? Uh, okay, you're not answering me and I'm not sure. But every four years, who, who, who holds the current World Cup uh, championship? France? Where did they play? Russia? Amen. <laughs> you got a son that's preparing to be a World Cup player, so tell me where. where <laughs> okay, anyway, every four years, every four years, so some time ago, not too long ago, France won the World Cup. Okay? But every four years, these teams from all of these nations, 11 players, plus the, 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 the bench, they show up in a particular country to compete for the World Cup. They come, but they don't come to represent themselves. When they show up at the World Cup, they show up at the World Cup understanding that they are representing their nation. They're carrying their nations on their back. They're carrying their nations in their stomach. They're carrying their nations on their heads. They wear the jerseys and they wear the colors because they are there as citizens of that country to represent that nation. And everything they do on the soccer field, they are donated as the representatives of the nation that they come from and in the name of that nation and on behalf of that nation and in essence, legally, they are that nation. So when 11 players get on the field, it's not themselves that they're playing for. They're playing for their nation. So when France won the World Cup, it wasn't for the 11 players. It was France. The 11 players were the representatives, but it was France that won. The trophy didn't belong to the 11 players. The trophy belonged to France. When the 11 players, when they scored a goal, France scored a goal. If they had lost, France would have lost. Because they won, France won. Why? They were the legal representatives of France. Now, every player on that team had to be a citizen of France to represent France. If it was discovered that any one of those players was not a French citizen, the trophy they won would have been forfeited because it would have been illegal. To represent France at the World Cup, every player has to be a citizen of France. You follow me? Now, you also observed that there were a lot of dark-skinned, African-named, I think a Mennonite must have come from Congo, uh -huh, uh -huh, that were on the French team, right? How many? Six or more, okay? 
And those players played the best and they contributed to the success of the French team. Now, I don't know them individually, but I suspect that many of them were not born French citizens. They came, they were probably Congolese, Ivorian, but they came from other countries, all right? And they immigrated to France. But for them to represent France, they had to lay aside their Congolese citizenship, their Ivorian citizenship, and take on the citizenship of France. They became Frenchmen by choice in order to represent France legally so that everything they did on that field was not for Congo, not for articles, was for France because they, as an act of their will, chose to become a French citizen so they could legally play in the name of France and win a trophy for France. Now, let's bring that illustration and apply it to Jesus. We had sinned. We needed to win a victory. We needed to triumph. We needed to die. We needed not only to die, but to be able to resurrect. And so Jesus, the Son of God, in order to make it possible, had to become a citizen of earth in order to represent the citizens of earth, man. Had he remained God, he could not legally represent you and me. He could win no victory for you as God. Any victory he would have won without becoming a citizen of earth would have been for heaven and not for earth. Mm -hmm. But God's purpose was not to get authority for himself. God's purpose was to get authority for us. God's purpose was to make us winners and victorious. Are you hearing me? So Jesus, the Son of God, took on citizenship of earth, became a man so that he could legally fight for us as man, and any victory he won would be our victory. So when he came and he was born, it was as man. So that when he went to the cross, he could carry us on his back, carry us on his head, carry us in his belly, so that whatever he did, it was we doing it in him. Just like whatever that Congolese person did, who became a French citizen on that field was now for France. Jesus now took upon himself our humanity so that everything he did was actually as us, for us. If Jesus had been defeated by sin, we would have been defeated by sin. But if he wins, we win. If when Jesus died, he had stayed dead, we would have been dead and remained dead. But if Jesus resurrects, then we have resurrected in him. 
because everything he does, he does it as us and for us. He's carrying us on his head, he's carrying us on his shoulder, he's carrying us on his back, he's carrying us in his belly. It is for us as us. So that everything he does legally becomes ours. Raise your head and say, thank you, Jesus, for becoming a citizen. You know, Philippians chapter 2 says, even though he was God, he did not hold on to his citizenship or his rights as God. He voluntarily laid that aside in order to take on our humanity and become citizens of earth so that he can regain the victory that we lost. When Jesus was born, he was born as man so that he could die as man and resurrect as man and give us whatever victory he has won becomes now ours. Come and raise your hand. Say thank you Jesus for coming. Thank you Jesus for becoming a citizen of earth, becoming one of us, so that by becoming one of us, you could represent us legally, so that everything you did was not for you, but was for us. And now because you rose triumphant, you have captured victory, you have set us free, we give you praise for this Christmas day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.